Hello, and we're back. And today, well, today, today we're going to talk about Star Trek. However, um, Mandalorian season two has dropped today. So we're going to watch that and you get to see our reactions. We think we're not exactly sure how Zoom's going to work with that. Um, because after all, we are just plain Mandos. We got to watch the Mandalorian season and two trailer. Not, we can't call ourselves just plain Mandos and not watch the Mandalorian trailer. It's like, exactly. <laughs> you got so we're going to do that first. We're going to probably talk about it a little bit and then we'll get to the Star Trek stuff. We'll probably put a link down in the description um, if you're looking at it on YouTube as to what the time code is that you can jump to if you want to skip Star Trek or Star Wars and go straight to Star Trek on the ladder. I don't know why you want to do that, but you know, we'll, we'll at least give you that option. Um, to introduce everybody, I'm Pat. I'm part of Jack Jack and Pat Pat, a huge fan of all things sci-fi. And well, on my screen, to my left, I've got Double M, Mr. Mike himself, who is? Who is a big fan of all things Star Trek, Star Wars, science fiction, plus martial arts. And anytime you can combine any of those three together, it's just nothing but Nirvana for me. Yeah, there you go. And uh, for me, it's like, what is this? This is like Northwest. For me, I've got Jack Jack, or my son James. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm James, also the other half of Jack Jack and Pat Pack. I, um, I love science fiction and stuff, just I'm not as versed as they are because of younger age. But Which we definitely. don't hold against you. Not Often. How <laughs> <Not> much? <laughs> yeah. We just work on indoctrinating you in the stuff you've missed. Yep. <laughs> Isn't that why right, we're starting so to watch the Alien series? That is exactly true. So, um, we could beat around the bush, but let me go ahead and see if I can get this sharing and uh, uh, the, what do you call it going? The trailer. trailer. So let me see. <laughs> I should, yeah, the trailer. So, all right. Now you're talking on the other screen. Yep. And now I can't seem to find where it went. went. How did you lose the trailer? I didn't. It's. Oh, I see. Apparently, this uh, is the way. Apparently, this is the way. <laughs> this, yeah, this is the way. <laughs> so, is it this one? It's this one. There we go. Let me see if I make it full screen. And. I wonder why the rear of the ship is open. Show me the one whose safety deemed such destruction. You must reunite it with its own kind. Where? This you must determine. Yeah, the songs of Eon's here. past. Tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi. So expect me to search the galaxy and deliver this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers. This is the way. Enemy sorcerers. 
See, I think all that is so cool to be on a ship. Like, you haven't really been to any seas yet outside of, uh, of, uh, uh, Attack of the Clones. Yeah. You know, this oh. is no place for a child. You can't shoot, but they can, they can ride those cycles pretty good. Where go, he goes. <laughs> so I've heard. Definitely looks like we're going. He is definitely on everyone's hit list at this point. <laughs> this is the way. October thirtieth, everybody. Oh man. Disney Plus. Oh. To so make sure to renew okay. your Disney Plus subscription. Oh, that was so good. You know, the funny but great thing about that is they don't even have to show you very much. And you already know it's going to be good. Okay, I'm back now. Uh, yeah, they don't have to show you. Well, the thing is, I, because I'm, my computer's right here and the phone's right here, I had to do some muting and some, what do you call it? And anyway, we got it, we got it working. Um, even though there was a little problem with the sound. But uh, yeah, they don't really have to show us much. We're already sold, right? I mean, yeah. this is the way. <laughs> uh, you, got, you know, once again, you've got you know, you know, uh, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and that crew working on it. It's like they've earned our trust. Oh yeah, you know, they've they've more than earned it with their first season, and the and what they even the briefest amount that they've shown of the second is like, yeah, I'm already there. I'm just, I'm I'm there, and the fact is, the great thing is, they're not rehashing the same locations as last time. Right. All new. We saw a bunch of new locations. We we see like what looks like some kind of an ocean somewhere. We see like on some world where maybe it's snow, you know, where there's a lot of snow. You know, I mean, there's there's we just see all these different places uh, that we didn't see. You're seeing X wings, you know. Yeah. And and that's exactly. going to be real interesting, you know, because it's like, you know, for so long, like we associate the X wings with being the good guys. But really, with the Mandalorian, they're probably not that terribly much different to him than the Empire is. Yeah, because he's well, usually at this point, right? There, you it's know. after Return of the Jedi before right. we get to the Force Awakens. So you're at a period where the New Republic is being established. So the X-wing would probably be like a police ship. Exactly, and since the Mandalorian is usually breaking the law anyway, you know he. <laughs> You know, he's, you know, I mean, he, to us, from his perspective, you know, the the New Republic may as well be bad guys to him. Right. He's a lawbreaker. But, so And, and we, while they didn't show it, and I don't know how you say his name, the guy who plays uh, Moff Gideon. I don't yeah. know how you say it. Oh, yeah. Gian something. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito. He has, uh, in the Entertainment Weekly uh, thing, he talked about the fact that he has broken several props, which we know he has the Darksaber, and the mention of them talking about going after Jedi, and we know Ahsoka Tano is confirmed to be in it. You start wondering, does that mean we're going to see a fight between uh, Moff Gideon and Ahsoka Tano? Oh, that with the Darksaber so cool. versus her, her duels, awesome. white sabers? That would be pretty cool. Pretty, pretty. Anyway, we don't know. It's awesome. My favorite scene in that whole thing was the part where Baby Yoda looks over, <laughs> sees him get ready with the whisper, 
Yeah, and he Gensel's just closes like, and hits the button and sits back. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Love how the baby he knows what's about to happen. He's like, "Nope, <laughs> I'm just gonna hide." <laughs> Tell me when it's done. There's a lot of people about to die. Let me just close these doors. Had my avert my eyes. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yep. That was great. Where is he inverting his eyes? Because honestly, do we don't really even know what he sees in there. Because when that pod goes, does he have a screen in there where he can still see what's going on outside of it once it closes around him? Or is he just, or can he see nothing? I mean, we don't even know uh, what he can or can't see inside that pod once it's closed. That's- that is correct. We've been yeah. given no indication that he can see outside, outside of maybe using the force. But we've also been given nothing that says he can't. Right. Right. So, so yeah. But when, uh, we, when you really start breaking it down, there are so many more questions that aren't answered mm-hmm. that they have so much they can explore. Yeah. You know, and, and especially, you know, I, I, I love the fact that we can get more history between that this season. We may hear more history between the Mandalorians and the Jedi. Yeah. Especially, you know, in, in that past of how that worked out, you know, we may get a little bit more into that. You know, we've seen pieces of it, you know, when you we've know, heard talk Wars. of it. Right. Well, you know, yeah. Wars. In Clone Wars, you got the fact that they were at war sort right. of, or the, at least they were at odds until Tar Vizsla became kind of united the Mandalorians and the Jedi with the Darksaber. Um, and then after that, there was kind of like a, almost like a Cold War period for a little while while Mandalore basically was kind of falling. Um, and then, of course, you have the parts which showed up in Clone Wars where, you know, Obi-Wan was helping. But the entire Jedi weren't sent to help, just like Obi-Wan and, and Anakin. I mean, there wasn't... Then later, Ahsoka. Yeah, but if you, and then later shows up in Rebels. But if you're thinking about it, they never... It's like the Jedi were a little bit bitter about it. It's like, oh, you need help? Okay, sure, we'll send a Jedi or two Jedi. Instead of the fact that you're under siege by the giant clone army uh, or the droid army, and we should send a whole lot more than that. Mm-hmm. Or Darth Maul is there, and we just send one Jedi after he's already been known to to no, be a you know she's, a, she's not a Jedi. No, no, no. I was talking about oh, before when Maul um used, when Maul with Obi Wan and kills Duchess Satine in front of Obi Wan, um, and but he's just working with some of the Mandalorians there at that time. Still, it's just there is so much there that they can explore in all different pieces and stuff like that. So exciting. And I wonder, you know, what with, uh, even with Ahsoka, I mean, we know that Luke is still a little bit away from starting at, you know, the new Jedi order in the Mandalorian. So yeah. I just wonder, you know, at what point will, like, I want to hear what the people in the Mandalorian, what do they know of Luke Skywalker? Like, what do they know of him? specifically well considering we're told that this is kind of a a rim or outer rim kind of area uh, i think that the whole jedi um were have probably moved into a sense yeah we've heard about them but we don't really interact with them they're legends yeah and then they probably knew about the fall of the empire at least through you know bits and pieces and the fact the first order showed up 
but what they actually heard, if they heard anything, seeing the First Order has been prevalent around, my guess is they've heard that there was this terrorist young kid who somehow managed to take out the Emperor and fractured the Empire. That's probably what they heard. And if that is true, then that would also lead to why Mando doesn't want to necessarily come across the, quote, New Republic, because from that understanding, they're a terrorist organization. Right. So I mean, there's so many different ways they go, but man, I mean, you know, I mean, but can you... I just think, will he ever find anybody to drop the baby off? Because it seems like Baby Yoda, you know, as we just call him because there's no other name for him yet. I actually think, I actually get this feeling this season they're going to give him some kind of a name. Uh, It's kind of funny because it's like we don't even, like, the show. It it just wouldn't feel like, it just doesn't feel like it would be a show without the baby. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> show, even though it's called The Mandalorian, and technically he could drop the baby off at the end of a season and go about his merry business for another season, I just think the fans just would be like, Yeah, where's the baby at? Like, if the baby's not with them, then it doesn't, you know. What's the point? <laughs> yeah, it would almost make it look well, point now. There is know? a little bit where it is, he is a Mandalorian, and the Mandalorians right. have a lot of. But you're right. You're right. But then again, they couldn't call the show Baby Yoda because then that would have given away the fact that there was going to be a Baby Yoda reveal, right? right? So, um, and yeah, I know we call him Baby Yoda because what else are we going to call him? I, I love that. <laughs> I love that meme where it's just like, hey, until we hear some other name, kid, that's your name. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but I think they, they do need to give him a name. Uh, yeah. And I would like to believe that after season eight is over of the show. Um, They will actually discover the uh, hit that species home world and be able to return him. Right. To his, to quote his people. If there is a home world. If there's already been destroyed by, you know, Palpatine. Could have been, it's hard to say. Um, Those particular. And I knew there was a, there was a, there was a planet of people who were like, extreme force users you know i'd probably destroy that i'd probably death star that world honestly if i knew the majority of the people in that world could be could raise up a new army of jedi or some kind of force using you know group that could overthrow me someday i'd probably Mm -hmm. laser that planet if i were palpatine makes sense to me assuming of course that the planet was even known to the empire at that time which is also, which is true, it might not be known. Yeah. You know, it's not like we've ever seen, like, even in the prequels, it's not like we've seen, like, a ton of other of Yoda's people around. So, no, but man, no, yeah, no, but the trailer, no. I'm, I'm all in, as, all, you know, I think we're all agreement, we're all in. I think the, the world is pretty much all in. <laughs> pretty <laughs> it's, much. It's one of the good things coming out of this year. Yeah, yes, yes. And I think that, you know, it's like, as we said once again, and it's like this, this show for right now, it's carrying the Star Wars flag. Yeah. For all things Star Wars. Right now, Mandalorian's until the next show actually happens, whether it's the, the, the rumored Kenobi show, you know, whether it's the Ahsoka. The Cassian Ahsoka. show, I think, is the one that's uh, most likely to come because that's a confirmed show. Right. Which one? 
Cassian, the one about Cassian. Cassian, the, yeah, the that guy from Rogue One. Yeah. And I that mean, was, not that Obi-Wan isn't confirmed, but Obi-Wan hasn't even been mentioned about starting production yet. And supposedly Cassian is in production. And I don't even know what the actual title of that one is yet. I just call yeah. it the one around him. Which is fine with me because, you know, I loved, you know, I, you know, of all the new movies, Rogue One was my favorite of the new films. So I you know, very much enjoyed it. You know, more in that world. Boom. I'm, I'm right there with it. And especially if it's something along the lines of the Mandalorian. I mean, what we know of Cassian is that, you know, he is an agent who is, you know, while he works for the good guys and while he is working for the rebellion, he will absolutely do whatever is necessary to win. We saw that in the beginning of the movie, you know, yeah, and he'll kill whatever he's got to kill to get that done. You know, even if that person might be a good guy or might be somebody who helps him, as we saw in the movie, I mean, he'll turn around and, and kill them, you know, if that's what the mission calls for. Yeah. He'll do whatever it takes for victory, you know? And so I wonder, uh, you know, how they can, I wonder, if, well, did they say if Alan Tudyk will return as the, as the robot? Um, I have not a, heard. Uh, though, I don't see why he wouldn't. I mean, I mean, why not? He was so cool. He was so awesome. You couldn't yeah. make it and not have him be there. Unless, of course, he's just well, not been assigned to Cassian yet. Yeah, and that could happen. In fact, that could be part of the, like, first, two episodes or something where he actually winds up meets and repro meets K2SO and then reprograms him, right? K2SO. Wasn't he an Imperial uh, bot before? Yes. Yeah, pr uh, a security droid or something, right? That's why yeah. he could get into the Imperial systems just fine. Yeah, because he was Imperial before, some kind of Imperial droid. So, yeah, I guess at some point he gets, Cassian gets him and, you know, wipes his mind out and reprograms him or something and boom you know because those two characters i would love to see both of them back you know because a cassie needs a foil you know yeah i know what you're saying you, you that comedic so that comedic yeah. needs the straight guy the abbot needs costello and vice versa yeah so i think those two work really well you know before when it was just them when they first met, met Jin in the movie, when it was mostly just the two of them in the beginning, I thought they had a really good back and forth. But I would love to see them do that over a series, being in different situations. But um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Once again, <laughs> looks awesome. But we got to talk some Star Trek, man. We do got to talk some Star Trek. So um, I figured, uh, seeing James has the uh, scene the least amount, why don't you start us off talking about Star Trek with what you, what you think the current state of Star Trek is? Well, let's see. I really didn't get into Star Trek until what? The first J.J.'s movie? Yes. Well, I think so. So, you know, that, that was my first introduction to this series, was the newer movies, which I think they were great. I like what was it Captain Kirk in those movies? Just how he's, yeah, he's, Christ Christopher Pine, yeah, Christopher Pine. Where, where he kind of just, no, the one that takes over after him. I thought the one that Spock in the first movie hates, but then they become friends. Yeah, that's that's Christopher oh, yeah. Pine okay. or Chris Pine. Kirk, um, yeah, he's um, Kirk. 
but I, I just found it interesting when he's basically just like, yeah, I don't care about the rules if I, as long as I can save everyone. Which is definitely very interesting to see him versus Spock, who's the very much logical thinker out of the two. And he's way more just like, can we get it done? Like, if there's a way to do it, we're doing it. So, so when they announced the cast for that movie, and they said Zachary Quinto, who I knew from Heroes as Siler, was going to be uh, Spock. I was like, okay, they got this. He's going to be phenomenal. He was perfect cast. So, yeah, yeah he did a great job. It, honestly, I thought, you know, Carl Urban was perfect as, as McCoy. I thought he, yes, was he was perfect to take over as McCoy. You know, I, he, I mean, really, I would say by and large, the majority of the cast, pretty much, they made the right choices to the people. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I think they made yeah. a bad choice was Star Trek Into Darkness. I thought that retelling what was basically the best Star Trek movie, one of the best, you know, you could argue if it's the best of the Star Trek movies, you know, The Wrath of Khan, you know, uh, I don't think they should have tried to do a, a new kind of version of it. And they had the character of Harrison who turned out to be Khan. And there was the, you know, you know, he's this other character, but no, he's actually Khan. Surprise. And it's kind of like, uh, well, and that's just it. Everybody knew he was Khan. There was yeah. no surprise to it. And on top of that, they had the worst scene with one of the best actors out there. Benedict Cumberbatch is phenomenal actor. And they had this scene where he's in the cell and, you know, Kirk and Spock are there and they're like, who the hell are you? He's like, I am Khan. And then it pauses for like, well, it feels like forever. It's probably only like five, 10 seconds. And Kirk's response really should have been, well, who the hell is Khan? And instead, that whole pause was for the audience. It was nothing but for the audience to go, <gasps> and then, you know, go on. And you don't, you shouldn't do that. It, it broke. You know, the suspension of disbelief was gone at that moment because you were taken immediately out of the movie. You knew that was fan service. And, 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 and then, as much as that, that scene was supposed to be impactful, it, it downplayed a lot of the rest of what, I mean, Khan wasn't Khan. I realized he was a different con, but I mean, Ricardo Montalban was phenomenal as a villain. And yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch, who could be phenomenal as a villain, he's that kind of wait, actor, was wasted. Wait, Khan was the villain in, from Into Darkness? Yes. I thought it was the other dude. No, well, well, Khan was also Harrison or whatever the heck his other name was, right? Who was also the villain. But then, of course, no, technically, no. I guess you could say the Admiral was the villain. Yeah, right? I'm like, I thought the Admiral was the villain. Yeah, Khan was the villain? Well, Khan was his puppet, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And that was yeah, where some of the plot got convoluted. You know, that and, was a whole other issue with that movie. It's like, yeah. you know... You know, I mean, at least with Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, there was a history there. There was. You know, he, Khan had previously been on the TV series as Ricardo Montalban, and he had that, that history of what happened with him the first time he faced Kirk. So when you get to The Wrath of Khan, that's what made that movie so, you know, because audience was kind of like, you know, Star Trek fans especially were like, because <gasps> it's like, you know, once Khan shows up and he takes off his mask and the thing, it's kind of like, Oh my gosh, you know, and people yeah. are freaking out in the city. Like, unlike 
the reveal in Into Darkness, where I'd be kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever, we know it's calm, but there's not a weight to that, to knowing Correct. that. Yeah. Whereas Star Trek two, 2, there was a weight to it. You, you felt it. And it was like, oh my gosh, the last time he faced Kirk, you know, he almost won back then too. Yes, he did. You know? Yeah. He, he almost came took close. over the whole he Enterprise. The Enterprise and he almost did it. Yep. He and his group of superhumans, and here he is back to do it again, but now he's got this added revenge to destroy Kirk, you know, because of losing his wife on SETI Alpha 5 and, and, and all, right. all of it, you know, being exiled there, or was it SETI Alpha 6? No, 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 no. It, it's SETI Alpha 5, but we, hold on, we're at 40 minutes, we've got to do the drop and get back on a new call. Okay, let's and drop And then we'll pick up right there. Okay. All right. All right. So picking up, um, Khan was on SETI Alpha uh, 5. Because, and, and the, I remember this scene so well when, when you know, he reveals and uh, 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 Chekhov goes, God. And, yeah. and of course, he remembers him, which was funny because Chekhov was. he was never there added, the first time. Yeah. Walter Koenig. I saw Walter Koenig at a convention, and he actually said the most common question that I'm asked is, you know, I, where, how does Khan remember his face? He goes, well, here's what happened. And it wasn't shown on the show, but what, you know, I had eaten some, you know, uh, uh, Andorian chili and I had, you know, a case of the runs and I was on the bathroom and, you know, Khan's out there and he's knocking on the door. You know, he's got, wants to get in. I'm like, Hey, get, wait a minute. You got to wait a minute, chill out, whatever. And when I finally finish and he come on out, Khan's like, you, you, I will remember your face. <laughs> Yeah, of course, like, I remember your he, face. He tells it so much better than I did. But one of the, what I do remember is right after that, he goes, on Seti Alpha 5, there was life. Goes, this is Seti Alpha 5. Seti Alpha 6. six. Exploded six months after we arrived. And then I love the way he goes, Admiral Kirk never bothered to check on us. <laughs> Every time he said, Admiral, <laughs> the way he kept <laughs> sarcastically admiral <laughs> but the funny thing about it is you know the thing is that was true admiral kirk never did come back to check on them you know or the federation or the, or the federation that's true you know but it's one of those things where you know where where it back the whole five-year mission continuing mission thing kind of backfired a little bit on kirk because kind of like well you never went back to check on those guys you kind of just moved on to the next planet the next mission or in Kurt's case, you know, the next woman. Or the next woman. <laughs> or, all, or all of the above. All right. All bother, above. You know, and didn't bother to go back and check to see what happened to uh, Khan and them. You know, or at least, you know, see what had happened to Sunday Alpha 6. And of course, as you said, no other Federation ship did either, because why didn't any Federation ship go by there? Somebody should have. In fact, if the Federation was really trying to be the Federation, they should have tried to set up some sort of diplomatic relations because now that he had a planet to rule, theoretically, he would have been happy and they could have actually been a member of the Federation. It's possible. It is very possible. You know, and, uh, in a, you know, and we're talking about, you know, these shows like Discovery, you know, I was a little critical because I thought, well, you know, I, I, when I heard about Discovery, I was thinking, you know, I don't want to see any more of Star Trek's past. We got that with Enterprise. I want to see the future. I want to see them go beyond the next generation's time period and go into the far future. 
And I was just kind of like really disappointed when I heard about Discovery. And I was like, well, they're just kind of like, now we're getting more of the past and the formation of the Federation and this, that, and the other thing. And now we're before Kirk. Um, but the great thing is, is that, you know, Discovery, and you know, we had a Picard show. So to give a, a quick update what before you, you go on, right? We have the uh, in current development state, right? We have Star Trek uh, Discovery, which has completed and aired two seasons. Season three comes next month or the beginning. Right. I'm sure season three will air just like season one and two did and just like The Mandalorian did that we get one episode a week. But that's fine. Um, we had Star Trek uh, Picard, which also aired one a week. Uh, season one in the can, phenomenal. Season two is in production and confirmed. They're, I mean, they're actually filming. Uh, right. Following on that, we have Lower Decks is actually airing season one right now. And I, the early word is it'll get renewed for season two. Mm -hmm. uh, then we have, they've confirmed now the Star Trek Section 31 spinoff with, uh, uh, what's her face? George, Michelle Giorgiano. Giorgiano. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle, what did you just say her last name? Mike? Yo? Is it Yo? Yo. Michelle Yo. Uh -huh. Yeah, so that's been confirmed now. There was rumors about it. That's been confirmed. You've got a Star Trek animated show called Star Trek Prodigy coming to Nickelodeon. And on top of that, and this is probably the one I am most excited about personally, is you've got Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds, yep. Yes, with, with Pike. And yes. uh, that cast was, in, in Discovery Season 2, I, I loved them. I thought they were phenomenal. The casting was great. The stories were great. I wanted, when it ended, I wanted more Pike. That's how good and I like it was. the fact so, that they said that it was going to be more, that the show was going to be more traditional Star Trek, is in they're going to be exploring new worlds, they're going to be each week, they're going to be doing the mission. Right. You know, whereas Discovery didn't do that, and neither does Picard, but at least with this show, it will, for those who want something that's more closer to traditional Star Trek, that's what this is going to be. But I have seen a little bit of, of the. Um, the Enterprise crew, the Pike crew. And my first thought was when I saw it was, I thought Anson Mount as the Captain Pike, I thought he was perfect. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Have you ever seen the TV show Hell on Wheels? He was great on that series. Uh, I haven't, Western. but he Oh, was... he is so good. But he's so good in that. And so when I saw him as Pike, I was thought, you know, and then I just saw a few, some scenes with him and I thought, guy, is, he is perfect. He is just great. He's just dead on. Ethan Peck was phenomenal as Spock. Um, you had Rebecca Romaine as the first officer, number one. I'm, I'm not sure if she's coming back or not because she's not in the little blurb that I've got listed here as reprising her role, but maybe she was phenomenal. Um, and the other thing that we have from a Star Trek, they have confirmed a new Star Trek movie is coming. They have not right. confirmed what it is. So there's talk exactly. of whether it's Star Trek four in the Kelvin universe, whether it's the Quentin Tarantino proposed Star Trek. And then there's this also uh, Noah Hawley's proposed Star Trek. Um, and, and then there's, uh, there's rumored talk of a Star Trek universe mystery television show that's supposedly in the works. So tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of Star Trek coming. Um, and part of this, and I, I don't know, I, I know I'm talking a lot. I want to make sure everybody else gets to talk. But part of this is also due to the fact that Viacom, CBS, has now purchased Paramount within the last year. 
So now that puts all of the Star Trek into one house because Paramount used to Paramount used to own the movie rights, CBS owned the television rights, and they had this weird marriage together where to allow Star Trek to move forward, like you couldn't, you had to be like I think it was fifteen percent different between the two. So anything shown in a movie, you had to at least change fifteen percent in order to show it in a television show or not show it at all. So there was a lot of weird stuff about uniforms shifting and changing and the icons changing and, you know, the badge is changing slightly and all this. Stuff. Yeah. The, all of out the window. The roof. Right. Yeah. They're all under the same roof. And they've talked about the fact that they are unifying the Star Trek universe so that they can do stuff in the big gigantic universe and be able to do whatever they want and not have to worry about, you know, restrictions. So that's kind of cool. And they just re they just announced today they're renaming, you know, the CBS app, right. they're changing it to Paramount, like Paramount, Paramount Plus, Plus, something like that. So, so that will yeah, unify wonder where they got that that even more. <laughs> that will unify those universes even more. Uh, now that they, now that people will recognize as being under the umbrella, all the umbrella of Paramount Plus, you know, the movies. Exactly. Movie and now you can have the synergy that was missing before um, with that. And as far as a new movie, um, I mean, I've heard, I mean, we heard that there was going to be a Star Trek 3. I remember there was a rumor that, you know, they were going to have the return of a, of a George Kirk, Chris uh, Hemsworth, returning as the father, an adventure of a father and son. And there was talk that maybe at the end of the adventure, he would go back to his own timeline and actually figure out a way to keep the Kelvin timeline from happening. Hmm. They're like just leaving everything in the like the TV shows. We know that takes place in the Prime Universe in the Star Trek right. Prime Universe, going all the way back to the original series. So we know that the current TV oh, the shows TV show. are all current with the with you know they're all concurrent with all the old shows. And right. that you know, and that the Kelvin time is the only thing that's different, and none of the shows are doing anything with that Kelvin timeline within that Kelvin oh. timeline. So I think they were going to try to end that, that timeline in the movies because, you know, there's no way that cast is going to make seven, eight, nine, ten Star Trek movies. I don't think that was ever in the cards for that group. Um, James, you were going to say something? I was just about to say, I thought Discovery technically left the timeline, prime timeline. Uh, depends on what you mean by left. It, 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 it wasn't part of the Kelvin universe, and they, they said that the updated version of the ships were just due... You just got to understand it's greater technology today, making movies and shows. Um, there was talk about it. It actually takes place in the Prime universe because um, it takes place before uh, Kirk came on and so forth. Now... What you might be wondering, though, is the fact that the first season they are, you know, they go into the mirror universe, and right. you could—is that you, if you're referring to that being? But but I thought when they came back, it was clearly a different past than the prime universe, because things have changed, because they left. That, that that's what that's what I thought. So they weren't in the Calvin, but they weren't in the prime either. I thought they were in a third one. Timeline. They really uh, – okay, so Star Trek has always been a little fluid with uh, timelines um, due to the fact that they do mess with it frequently. <laughs> uh, so um, they, there was some stuff had changed, yes. But I don't think they ever stated that they moved outside of the prime 
In fact, they've never actually come out and fully stated they're in the prime either. They've just kept hinting at the fact that they were in the prime. Um, a lot of people tried to place them in the Kelvin universe due to the advanced uh, ways of filming it, but um, there was a lot of other things that they said place it back into the prime. So, and now with Picard, they have stated that they all the tele they made a blanket statement that the television shows were all in the prime universe. So. That was the only time that they really, they didn't actually specifically say, but they did by saying all of them. Uh, and also with the announcement of Paramount Plus, by the way, and it's a good thing you brought that up, inside the blurb, they said that there's, a, there's in the works a, a new Star Trek movie with a brand new cast, completely different characters than we've seen before. I wonder if it's going to be a, a, an Enterprise ship or if it's going to leave it behind, or will it be something that's said, because now we know that that, you know, I do know that how Discovery ended their, this past, this last season, they ended jumping how many years in the future? Like a thousand, nine hundred something. Nine hundred and something. So now, we've, yeah. so now we're going to get a season where we're finally going to go beyond the 24th century and go into another time period completely. Um, and if I, you've watched the trailer for season three, the Federation has collapsed. Right. The Federation has collapsed. Now that, you know, and that can bring with it all kinds of new, you know, storylines, you know, as, as I guess they're going to try to resurrect it, you know, and, you know, and I can't wait to hear what happened to the Klingons, the Bajorans, you know, the races that we know, Andorians, like all the races that we've known, like how were they affected by the fall of the Federation? You know, what wars are broken out? And when, when did the Federation fall and why? You know, will any of it harken back to anything going on in Picard's TV show? Because now they can go back and harken to something that might happen in Picard's future on his show. Maybe something he's trying to avert. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's a lot of places they can go with it. And, um, you know, there and, is. And right now, I mean... I mean, the future, I think, looks bright. We've got all those bright oh. shows coming, the stuff in development. You know, Discovery seems to have finally kicked up a, you know, it sounds like they've kicked up a gear. The movies seem to now be, they now seem to have a solid, they seem to know, at least right now, what they're doing with the movies. So, so then, given all of that, and mm -hmm. the fact that both Mike, you and I are really, Big, big. I mean, like, we're big Star Trek fans in the sense we've seen Old a ton of it. James, being still somewhat new to the Star Trek universe and, 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 and been enjoying it, what are you most excited about? And what do you feel like the future of Star Trek looks like? Um, okay, well, first thing, besides Into Darkness, I, I actually enjoyed all the newer Star Trek stuff. Again, as, as we mentioned earlier, I didn't realize Kong was the villain of Into Darkness. I thought it was the Admiral. So, <laughs> so that's why you guys are like, yeah, Kong's this big bad dude. I'm like, no, the Admiral was the bad guy. Yeah, um, true. True, true. And, and Kong was kind of more like a pawn then in that respect. Yeah. Right. Um, I've seen season one of Discovery, which that was just so interesting to watch for me. Um, so I guess it's just kind of one of those things is like, as we've seen, in my mind, it's like, okay, so Star Trek was good, 
Then they added more, it got bad, and now they're trying to make it good again. Which is kind okay. of what also like Star Star Wars is kind of right now having the bad portion of it. Just like well, now they're making more, but not all of it's hitting. So I'm kind of worried. Well, okay, well they're announcing like five, six, seven more things, and then work. It's like well, not I don't know if all of those will actually stick to being good or not, since they're working on so much now. Right, that's true. It is. What are you most excited for out of all the stuff we've listed? Um, from what I've heard, even though I haven't seen the season, I've heard the one, the cart, the new, the Enterprise crew that they're now getting a show, um, was pretty good to watch. So I probably would watch that. Uh, a Strange New Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> With Christopher Pike, Captain Christopher Pike. That's the one I'm yeah. most excited for too. And you'll even get more excited. James hasn't seen Discovery season two yet, but you'd get you'll get even more excited when you see how well the character is portrayed by Ansem. Uh, what's his last name? Something with an M. Mount. Yeah, yeah, Ansem Mount. He is phenomenal. In fact, when he first walks on stage, you you feel his commanding presence. Just even as an actor, you feel it. It's like, yeah, okay, that was awesome. Let's go. <laughs> So uh, interesting that you should mention about all, a whole bunch of stuff coming out. You know, like Star Trek had some bad and they're kind of coming back and they're adding a whole bunch more. Star Wars had some bad and they're coming back and they're adding so much more. If all the rumors are to be believed when you talk about Star Wars, um, Kathleen Kennedy has been removed except for one uh, series and they've been basically uh, using a lot of other people to bring forward what's coming, which means that you're and they've, Supposedly, Lucas is now acting as a consultant. That means we may get some really awesome stuff. When it comes to Star Trek, it's the same kind of thing, that in the sense that now that everything's come together, all underneath one house, and they don't have all these weird rules that they have to adhere to, it, it's opening up um, the and the showrunners they've got going for it are obviously got a, a pulse on it. When they you know they tried something with Discovery, and now it's turning out to be really good. And with a card, it's just they hit the they hit their mark right on the money. So, I think it is a good time to be watching Star Trek. And of course, I I'm always like watching Star Trek. That, yeah, and I think the good thing is that, that so much of these the new Star Trek shows involve Jonathan Frakes. And, and for those who don't know, back in the you know back when Gene Roddenberry was still alive, he kind of took Jonathan Frakes under his wing. In in many ways, in the same way that George Lucas took in Dave Filoni. You know, Gene did the same thing with Jonathan Frakes and told and basically made him understand what good Star Trek would look like. And since then, Jonathan Frakes, you know, he's been, you know, he started directing episodes of The Next Generation after a yep. time. And now now he's back directing much more Star Trek. You know, he's directing, you know, episodes of Discovery, episodes of Picard. I would assume he's probably going to do Strange New Worlds also. I mean, I'm sure that he's going to probably dip into every single Star Trek project. Uh, at he, um, he also directed one of the movies, didn't he? Yeah, he directed First Contact. Which was the best of the Next Generation movies. Oh my gosh, yeah, that movie is absolutely phenomenal. But that was a great, that was a truly great movie. That one was, yeah. aw- was great from beginning to end. And yeah, that was him. I don't. Did he direct Insurrection? I don't. Oh, hold on, I can I find out. He did. I, I've got okay. his IMDb right here. 
so I can find out for you. Let's see, director. Nope, that's actor. I want director. So he has directed one, two, three, four, five, nine episodes of Discovery so far. That counts some in season three. He's directed two of Picard. Um, and I know he's also, and those are only in season one. I know he was slated to do some in season two. He's, yeah, he's, he's doing more in season two. Um, boy, man, he's got so much underneath his belt, and he is just so good. Uh, where's the rest of Star Trek? Okay, he did do Insurrection. Uh, he okay. did First Contact. He did three episodes of Voyager, uh, three episodes of DS9, eight episodes of Next Gen. Um, yeah. And you're right. He really does have his finger on the pulse of Star Trek. And, and honestly, he has his finger on directing. When I've heard, yes. when I see that he's direct, like he's directed a bunch of the librarians. We love that show. Um, that he's directed, yeah, he's directed some of agents of shield and we love that show. Uh, he's directed some of castle and I've seen some of those. He's even done some of make it or break it. Did some of V did, did the movie, the librarian, the librarian returns and librarian three. I mean, all these things that I've seen him direct have been great movies. So he doesn't just understand star Trek. He, he understands what makes yeah, we understand what makes great entertainment. So it's exciting to see that he he is involved. And honestly, you haven't seen Picard yet. No, not yet. Okay, I, so I, I won't I won't give it away. Other than to say, he makes an appearance, and it's awesome. Good, good. Yeah, I mean, you know, the great thing is, as long as he's involved with Star Trek, you know, he's gonna make. I think he'll help make sure it stays in a good place. Yeah, you know, I agree. Quality-wise, I think he's really gonna. I think I think that when he speaks, he's listened to. It, it feels like if he's talking, somebody's listening to him. If well, saying, I, I think he's Earth, earned okay. it. Yeah, right? he has. He's got the scenes on the wall to you know. Right. He obviously in his acting has been in lots of Star Trek, and then all of his directing and uh, and all of that. He he has earned it. So when he speaks, the fans take up and listen and really enjoy listening to his vision. Yeah. The only thing I would love for Picard season two is uh, I just, I really want us to have them catch up with some of at least one or two of the characters from deep space. Nine. Like, you know, give us, cause I know you got, you know, seven of nine in the Picard show and you, you, know, you have some returning customers from Next Generation, but I'm really hoping they can get some DS9 characters in there too. I would love to see, you know, Miles O'Brien again, uh, Chief O'Brien. Oh, I know who he is, know, yeah. Or to Cole find Meany. out about, yeah, Cole Meany, to find out what happened with the Chief or to at least, In fact, you know, I loved his character arc starting in Next Gen as just the transporter guy and then... Uh, mm -hmm them taking him and moving him to DS9 to become a much more fleshed out character. I loved his character arc. Yeah, I mean, I loved, yeah, because in DS9, I loved the fact that he was the, he was the everyman on that show. And he was mm -hmm. the one character who had like a family. I mean, Cisco had his son, but I'm talking about he had a wife, he had a daughter, you know, then he yeah. had another son, you know, then he had a son, you know, so he had a growing family you know, uh, that he had to deal with throughout the entirety of the series. And so he had a beginning, a middle, he had a complete arc through Next Generation. You know, I loved his final um, moment, you know, on the first episode of DS9 when he was going to the transporter room, Picard was the one who sent him off. 
And he was, and Picard was saying, you know, we'll always miss you in transporter room. Was it transporter room three? Three? I think it was three, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was like transporter room three, you know, because there are several of them. It's like, you know, and then he's like, you know, and then she was like, well, you know, it's just, it's just a transporter room. I mean, you know, it's like, it's just, I love his response. was like, it's just a room because he's always been that, that character who had a lot of humility. Yeah. You know, he was always great at what he did, but he never beat his chest about it. He, he just went over everything in a very matter of fact moment. And so I just love that part where Picard just is the one who finally, after all these years, Picard's the one who finally transports the chief, you know, to begin his new life on DS9. And so I would love to catch up with at least that character, you know, or maybe find out what happened to his daughter, you know, mm, now right. she'd be a grown woman by now. So, and his son would probably be, you know, pretty much a grown man by now too, by the events of Picard. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, just what became of him or any of the cast members of DS9 or, or the Alpha, or what happened, you know, with the station, you know. Well, it went back to the Cardassians, right? Well, it didn't, you know, at the end, um, it still stayed, you know. Did it stay neutral? I, I remember the, I remember well, watching the end with Cisco. Uh, but I thought right. the station was returning. Maybe it was returning to Bajor. I thought it, it was returning, returning to... to. Right, it was returning to Bajor, and Bajor was joining the Federation. Right, that's what it was. Yeah, they were I, knew, I knew it was something. The space station would still be technically would probably become a Federation station, an official Federation station. Because remember, before it, it wasn't, wasn't yeah. quite. It wasn't really an official Federation station. It was kind of like the Federation um, were the administrators of the station. Yeah. You know, and, but it was also like owned by Bajor and technically they had the final say on some, on some things in regards to Well, it. when it came to the cameos that they did have in season one, there were all legitimate reasons for it. And one of the questions that I had from the trailers was why is seven and nine on there? And there's actually a real legitimate reason in the I mean, story don't arc. Do it. Yeah, I don't want to do right. something character show up for the sake of it. I mean, make sure they're a part of the plot of whatever is going on in the season. And if you can do that, great. I would love to see it. Right. And that's what happened with uh, the characters that did show up. I don't want to give anything away. The characters that did show up, there were all specific points of the plot story or story arc that, that they fit into and why they fit into um, so yeah, I would love to see other characters as well. And again, I, I don't want the. I, it would I would be okay with you know like they transport into a starbase three six four and there's you know so and so as they walk by. Okay, I'd be okay with that. But I would really much rather they have a an interesting story arc that has a reason to either visit them or they show up or something. Give them a little bit more meat than just. Well, pop your face on the screen, and then we went away. Yeah, agree, agree. But so far, and uh, you've got Will Wheaton does the um, does the ready room, like the, the yeah. after talk show. I heard um, about that. Yeah, and uh, it it's a little funky because I guess because he was he's an actor that was on the show as well as a fan of the show. It's kind of odd the questions that he sometimes asks that you're kind of like, you know, I really don't want to know about that. I'd rather know about this. And you didn't ask that. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny but because he, he had a character that so many people disliked. True. 
you know, <laughs> and it's like, it's, I find that funny about Will Wheaton is like, and I actually wonder, you know, is there a chance that we, that in Picard, we will see Wesley Crusher? He's actually addressed that in the sense that, first of all, he wasn't, he has yet to be asked, but if he was asked, he was, uh, you know, one of the things they asked him was, you know, because you went away with the traveler, you know, uh, could you come back and what would it be? And he had said something along the lines of, yes, I'm sure they could come up with some sort of story. If it was me, it would probably be something related to the, you know, the traveler and I have to return to help save the future kind of thing. Um, or maybe which tends up on discovery. Well, he, 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 that would actually be more interesting, I think, than because he even said, but then it would kind of pull away from Picard being the head of the, you know, the, the head of the show, because I would in a heartbeat love to share this, you know, the screen again with Patrick Stewart. So we'll see what happens. He, my understanding is for Picard season two, they are looking to add more cameos, um, but not just straight cameos. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I heard, I think I've heard the rumors that, that Jordy Ford will come back and see, will, I, will return. And I heard that too. That's what I've I, heard. I've heard that too. I don't know. Um, the interesting thing is um, it following from off of uh, the movies, and I forget which one he eventually turned into the, the eye implants instead. He won't have to have his visor on. He was first contact. Was the first contact was the was first, first time? Because generations, he still had the visor. And then, uh, and then, because uh, remember, that's when uh, Lursa Bator, they made the adjustments to his visor before they put it back on him to give him the spy camera so he could see the codes to bring down the shields oh, yeah. on the Enterprise. That's right. So and then in that. first contact, that's when he first had the, the, the ocular implants. Again, another awesome reason to love that movie. <laughs> yes. yes. So we've got. Like, Thank you. We've got 10 minutes left, so we'll, why don't we go ahead and we'll wrap this episode up because, you know, we love this stuff so much. We'll just keep talking if we leave it. Wow, somebody beamed in for a second and was gone. For just a second. It was like a cue. <laughs> yep. Yep. So um, really quick, uh, have you watched any Lower Decks yet? Lower Deck? I, yeah, I saw, I saw a little bit of the first episode. It was, it was pretty funny. I know they said I, it's canon. Isn't it my, they said that it is canon? It is canon. And my biggest concern was they kept talking about it being adult. Um, the animator animation style was like a Rick and Morty kind of thing. And that they were going to be doing stuff that appealed to adults. And they kept using the word adult. That I was very concerned it was going to be very dark. And while there is the occasional adult joke or you know hinted at adult joke mm -hmm. they did they're doing a very good job of staying away from that it's and i don't i'm like what six episodes in i think it is and i've been impressed with how they've been able to add some humor add some interesting stuff of what would be going on with lower deckers kind of thing and keep yeah. it family friendly for the most part and the things that aren't family friendly are definitely put in a way that it goes over kids heads so that, yeah, okay, as an adult, I caught what you did there, but, you know, kids aren't going. So I've, I've been happy with that. Good, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the characters have come out interesting, so see what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great thing is cartoons, they can make all kinds of changes. Oh, yeah. You know, they want to, so. Yeah, it was good having to talk about uh, we've, we've hit Star Wars, now we've hit Star Trek. 
So, James, why don't you give us your final thoughts? I know we, me and Mike talked a whole lot more than you did because you haven't seen as much Star Trek, but I really think we need to hear some more from you. So why don't you give us some final thoughts on what you think about Star Trek or Mandalorian Season 2, whichever you want, before we start wrapping up. Well, Mando, it's definitely going to be interesting. That's, he's always cool to be around. Star Trek, given from what I've seen of Discovery and the newer movies. And I did watch actually a lot of Next Gen, but I've mostly seen more of the newer stuff than the older stuff. Um, I loved Discovery. Just how it was, in my opinion, more story-driven. So, but one thing... Because right, it wasn't but, episodic. Yeah. Um, so I feel like Star Trek has a lot going for it right now. The main problem that I feel like it might run into, it's like, okay, we're making seven shows, but only like four of them are actually going to be good shows. Oversaturation. Yeah. yeah. Which even Star, Star Wars, I'm feeling like that's going to have the same problem. Will Wheaton was asked, uh, are you worried about franchise fatigue? And he said, there's no such thing. The true fans will watch whatever you put out. And the rest, they really weren't true fans anyway. If they want to skip it, let them go ahead. And I'm like, yeah, way to go, Will. <laughs> I know that there's... Make it good, but you still yeah, make I, it good. I understand. I understand. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think it's... No, I think what he said is, is correct, but at the same time, you still got to do it good or else the fans will let you have it. Yeah. You've got to deliver uh, otherwise. Yeah. And, and you've got to deliver in a good way. Um, you know, I think Enterprise, what, it takes a lot of flack and it wasn't... It, oh, I just, I, there we go. I think Enterprise, t- yeah, I think Enterprise be, be, be takes, you got beamed off. <laughs> I know. I think Enterprise takes a lot of hate and it does, it's undeserved. I, I think it was better than, um, yeah, I lost my background too. I think it was better than uh, it was given credit for, but I think the problem was in the direction and not letting fans in on what they were trying oh, to do. Now you oh, got beamed back. Up again. Actually, and, uh, you know, Enterprise isn't bad, but what sucks about Enterprise is the, way they screwed with it um, they made many mistakes and they tried to fix those mistakes and messed it up more actually i don't think that's what happened i think what happened was they had a plan um paramount well or, or cbs wasn't exactly behind the plan um so here's what happened from all the interviews and stuff that came out here's what i think happened uh rick berman came up with this idea to create the enterprise show and uh he included the temporal if you remember it was it was really uh spaced through in the first season especially a little bit in the second and kind of got dropped by the time he got to the fourth he had the temporal cold war with Sullivan, and i think what he intended to do was tell his story and then have them win the war and reset so that everything that happened which was outside of canon um, could still exist because it was in a time loop. The problem was he never explained that and the fans didn't buy it. So they got mad at all the stuff that was going against Canon and all the things that were happening uh, that were opposite established stuff. And then Paramount came in or CBS, I guess, because it was television, right? Came in and said, Oh, you got to change it. You got to make the fans happy. So they had a, they were scrambling to constantly try and keep up with the, making the fans happy that we're not happy and we're not coming back. And then, Right. I think by the time you hit the fourth season, they just threw everything they could in the kitchen sink at it, which kind of sucked. Um, 
So I, I think the intent actually was better than most people give it credit for based on interviews that I remember watching of him before the show aired. Um, he kept talking about this secret plan that was really cool. It was going to work out in the end and we got to stay with it. And then, you know, it just didn't fly. So I think that's what actually happened. Um, the, the effect was, especially from a fan point of view, it looks like they came out of the gate all screwed up. Um, and then they just got worse as they tried to fix it. Right. And maybe I'm wrong because they certainly haven't come out and said, oh, yeah, you know, this really was the way we were going to do it. But, you know. And then you guys complained. Well, Star Trek has always been a little bit more about trying to stick with the fans because um, they were closer to it. Television series, you know, obviously they can they can move and flow and ebb with the with the uh, with what the fans are telling them. Um, but you can't you can't do that with a series of movies per se. Right? right. I mean, once you once you put out a movie, you're kind of stuck with that one. You can't really correct it other than with another movie. Yeah. Episode eight. <laughs> well, the point is that you, you, you start getting screwed up. It's like, okay, now what? Yeah. I, I'm in a transport room, so. person. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you're right, though. You've got to do it good and you gotta you got to treat the fans right. You can't throw them a curveball without giving them at least some, hey, guys, I'm throwing this curveball but you got to hang with me and then have good stories and it'll be okay. You know, that type of stuff. So um, one other thing I want to throw out there is you'll notice I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt and that's because I'm a four extra, extra large tall. And for all you people that make shirts out there, listen to me, you don't make tall sizes. I've got to scrounge to find anything. I see all these cool Star Trek shirts. I can't wear a single one of them. (laughs) <laughs> make shirts that are in tall sizes and go beyond 2x right uh, yeah that's my wrap-up <laughs> mike what do you want to say before we call it a night uh just uh you know um the feature of star trek i think is bright i think there's a lot of great content a lot of new content coming for everybody um i think that there will be i think their goals try to appeal to a wide range of different kinds of fans and uh, and I, I think that can that can help. It can hurt, um, but as long as the quality is up there, as long as they're paying attention to the characters and the story, I think they're going to be just fine. Awesome, awesome. So we'll go ahead and wrap up our episode two. Uh, we'll be back in. Uh, we're trying to do two a month, so we'll be back uh, some point later this month to get a second one. Um, don't know what the topic of that one is yet because we can do the state of Babylon Five. No, <laughs> Wait, what? still haven't watched most of that either. <laughs> what's its state? The state of it's gone. <laughs> well, you know what's you know what's going to happen is we're going to have so much to talk about here in a month and a half. We're going to have if we do two episodes a month, we're going to have two episodes of Mandalorian and two episodes of Star Trek to talk about every so, and episode. Then you got, and then you, then you got to talk about Dune. Oh gosh, yeah. We we didn't even touch. It was awesome. It was awesome, and we didn't even talk about that because boy, time flies. I'm telling you. So you guys got stuff to talk about. Make sure that you have subscribed and liked and done all that fun stuff. That's right. Hit the bell to be notified if you're watching this on on YouTube. If you're listening through Podbean, you know, hit the like, subscribe, all that, all that stuff, so you get all of our extra stuff. Because who doesn't want to listen to us? Podbean is the hosting site I'm using for the uh, 
to do the podcast stuff. It's the best of the three sites without having to pay. So anyway, till next time, everybody, we will catch you later. All right. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Prosper. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, wait, this way. There you go. <laughs> Used to get a kick out of the, list, the fact that Zachary Quinto had to have his fingers taped in order to do it. <laughs> oh, my, he did? Yeah, he was having trouble getting this to go. Because, you know, I mean, I've been practicing this for eons, right? And he's, yeah, he hadn't. Yeah. So he had to have his fingers taped in order to be able to pull it off. Uh, oh, wow, but, I did uh, not know that. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> closing fact. That's right. There's your closing factoid. And on that note, we'll catch you later. Later on. <laughs>